This is The Topic is Trek, episode 135, for Friday, April 7th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, the least surprising renewals in recent memory. Can fans make lightning strike twice? Solids versus goo. All that and more right now on The Topic is Trek. At Astrid Ciencia in Anovel El Terro. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, the topic is Trek. Engage already! Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed episode of The Topic is Trek. I am Clinton, one of your co-hosts. And if the name of this episode doesn't sound like your normal conversation, that's because it's a combination of the slogan for Starfleet Academy, uh, Ex Astris Ciencia, uh, Ciencia uh, which stands for From the Stars Knowledge. And because of a story we have coming up, the second part in Anovel El Tarot means in a year or two. That kind of goes with our slogan at the beginning, sooner or later. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, beaming in to join me to co-host along with me, first of all, is, well, I guess second of all at this point, since the other one's clearly here, but uh, beaming in to join me is Mr. Craig Stepp. Let's leave him in the transport buffer as long as possible. Ooh, he's he's boimlering. <laughs> Maybe you'll see one of those little squids that Barkley saw. <laughs> what we got back didn't live long. Fortunately, is that the hypnotherapist? That's that's kind of dark for a catchphrase. <laughs> Whoa, we we're really going dark this evening. Yeah, <laughs> we goaded them into it. <laughs> I was thinking about that, that transporter accident. Uh. Oh, do you uh, want a catchphrase? You want a catchphrase? Yeah, give it, give it, give it, give it, have another run at it. <laughs> Right. Should we do the transporter again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He'll be leaving then. It makes no sense. Here's Johnny. Like, who's Johnny? There was a guy named him. That's, named that's, that's what uh, that's Johnny Five called himself. No, that was the song. Johnny. Okay. Yeah, that was a song. <laughs> All right, fine. It's a fail. Nah, again 135 Don't. and counting <laughs> Don't. there you go there's your catch come right. on you can do it and we know you can do it and also uh clearly already beamed in earlier in this evening uh, pre-baked in the oven for 365 degrees is mr chuck tomasi i'm the transporter chief i just hang out here all week till the show comes on <laughs> wonderful i see i think Those you need to go back to training <laughs> I'm the I'm the guy who replaced Chief O'Brien. <laughs> ah, no one can replace Chief O'Brien. Come on now, he's got he's a statue and, and everything. You're, like, you're the second best, right? or something second like most that. important person in. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we've got a lot to talk about this evening, so why don't we get right on to it? And in order to get to it, to open up subspace chatter, of course, we have to uh, clear things with Charlie. <laughs> Charlie X. So, Charlie. He's, well, he's, jonesing for, he's jonesing for my job at this point. <laughs> you don't need all that like, subspace chatter. It looks like he's trying to hold down that burrito from lunch. Yes, well, <laughs> it's a... Story of a different lunch time. Might be show later. I might be showing her my old face. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Even though Star Trek Discovery will be ending with its upcoming fifth season in early 2024, we don't need to panic that this new golden age of Trek is over. <laughs> Far from it. I love the special effects. Well, a few days ago, Paramount Plus confirmed the renewal of both Strange New Worlds and. Lower Decks. Woohoo! In the message announcing the renewals, Paramount Plus President and CEO Bob Backish said, Star Trek is one of the most iconic and beloved franchises in the world. Star Trek St Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Lower Decks are both incredibly popular with fans, and we are confident that these new seasons will continue to delight audiences, end quote. For both shows, the renewal announcement comes before their latest seasons have even begun streaming. Mm -hmm. Have even begun filming? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. They have. <laughs> hey, we also learned that season two of Strange New Worlds will begin on June 15th, which is just eight weeks after the season finale. I'm sorry, series finale of Picard. Uh, we don't have any word on exactly when season four of Lower Decks will premiere, just that it will be in the late summer. I'm kind of guessing September or something like that. But uh, However, we will see at least Beckett and Beckett Mariner and Bradward Boimler before then as they journey off of the animated world onto the uh, and Cerritos onto the live action bridge of the USS Enterprise. The crossover episode Strange New Worlds was announced last summer at Comic-Con uh, in San Diego. Now, finally. Yeah, finally. So also, Paramount was also a little vague about when season two of Star Trek Prodigy would, would have premiere. Uh, the most uh, that we can tell you is to look for Admiral Janeway, Dahl, Jankum, and the rest to return sometime in the winter. In the meantime, we encourage you to recommend the show to other people, and you can recommend our show as well. Uh, mm. And we get... <laughs> We get the impression that Prodigy is on the bubble when it comes to renewal for season three. So, yeah, give it some love if you can. Absolutely. It's one of those shows where, you know, you, you, you just think it's for kids and it's not the case at all. No, they were talking about that the latest episode of um, the pod directive with uh, Tawny Newsom and um, um, oh. What? I thought we were the only Star Trek. No, no, no. Paul there's, F. There's, there's, yeah, Paul F. Tompkins. Thank you. Migly Moo. That's all I can yeah. <laughs> well, that, That'll work. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah, we uh, I think everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, they, they had a great discussion with, um, I, I just listened to it yesterday, so it's not solid in my head yet, but uh, one of the guys was a big fan and his wife was not, and he was introducing it to her, and and she, she made references that were very vague, uh, like, it, it was the guy with the eyebrows. And at first I'm thinking, Spock? What? No, she was talking about Worf. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what you um, walked away with? The guy with and, the eyebrows? Yeah, that's what she came away with. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny listening to these references, like how, how Tawny could latch onto some of these things. And uh, But there, there was one point where 
they were they were talking about yeah you probably don't want to introduce your kids to lower decks you know well yeah it depends on the age i suppose but oh yeah if it was a teenage uh, like my son was a teenager i wouldn't care but prodigy was meant just for that so mm-hmm. That'd be That's a good right. place to start them. Hey, one thing going back up to your story, story you were mentioning just a minute ago about Bob Backish talking about how popular and everybody loved Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. You know what that sounds like to me? Somebody's wanting to drive drive it into the ground, and I hope that's not the case. I don't. They don't just. Well, uh, I think we're going to be down one show in rotation, so they're. I mean, they're definitely going to, unless something else fall soon we're we're not in danger of that at the moment because i think you know we went from that year of virtually trek every single week so <laughs> we're now we're having a now there's a like an eight week with like an eight week stretch between the end of picard and the of we get eight weeks Crazy off right. now you know what i'm you know what i'm getting at though it's like okay there's a hit song you like and some uh music executive goes oh the kids really love that and they play it to death on the radio, then you get sick of the song. I don't want that to happen. That's what I'm well, we'll talk some more about that probably after this next story, because I think that ties, ties into that. All right. Uh, the idea has been kicking around for a long time, but the Starfleet Academy series is almost here. Yay. Yay. Uh, almost. I was like, <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. Production on Star Trek Starfleet Academy won't begin until next year. But that's still farther than any other attempt to get this concept off the ground has ever gotten. The idea of centering a show around cadets goes as far back as the 1970s, when one of the first ideas for bringing Trek to Saturday morning TV was a cadet series. Harv Bennett also pushed for a Starfleet Academy movie several times. Change graphic, my note says here. <laughs> As part of the announcement, hey, a, don't read that part. Oh, sorry. <laughs> As part of the announcement, a sort of invitation was posted online, reading in part For the first time in over a century, our campus will be reopened to admit individuals, a minimum of 16 Earth years old or equivalent, put that in there, who dream of exceeding their physical, mental, and spiritual limits, who value friendship, camaraderie, honor, and devotion to a cause greater than themselves. Hmm. Now, this phrase, uh, for the first time in over a century, seems uh-huh. to indicate that the show will take place in Star Trek Discovery's 32nd century. Ooh, because, yep. as we know from that series, the Academy was closed sometime after the burn mm-hmm. and only recently reopened. Does that mean we'll get to see Tilly in the new series? Will Kovic return? Will there be other guest appearances from the disco crew? Only time will tell. Oh, that wasn't a question part. Sorry. I want to. Yeah. I want to see. You know, the opening scene is Tilly walking up to the front door, and it's all dusty and leaves on the sidewalk, and want to take it off a board of the door that says "closed Open for the it. burn." Closed <laughs> school. Yeah. Closed. There's some bones over on the side. Who's that? Well, that's Boothby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kovich is going to come in and, and every once in a while tell students there's a reason why you're here and just leave. Yeah, I won't tell you what it is. Bye. <laughs> I'm thinking Lower Decks could have a lot of fun with this, if it, even if it doesn't work out. I have a feeling that Tilly's going to be part of this because it does sound. It does, you're right. That description does make it sound like it's going to take place in the Discovery era. And then they'll Which come makes out sense with. Because they've got, I mean, they've got that all set up, and you just got there 10, uh, well, 20 episodes ago. 
Well, right? remember they only had 20 episodes in that entire universe when, when um, discovery is all well at this point. So when well, in the last season, I mean, in the last season, remember Tilly left for a little while and then she came back for a little bit. So when she was gone, she was open in the school. That's, um, we're also uh, speculating okay. <laughs> on. Well, no, I, I definitely think that that that's the case. I mean, I don't think she had like keys that with her. They're going. You are uh, in your error. She's wearing them off her. Well, I started to say belt, but I don't know if they got a belt on. There. Walking <laughs> around the to, halls. They don't even have pockets. How can they have a belt? Swinging oh, the like keys. The nacelle, it's like the nacelles. They just hang beside her. <laughs> Swinging the keys around on a big ring like a prison guard. You know, they just float like the nacelles beside the ship, you know, and just kind of hang. All right. Well, let's find out some more information about or what little information we have about it. All right. So, Chuck. The premiere episode will be written by writer and executive producer. Oh, help me with the name. Gaia Violo. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Viola's past writing credits include episodes Blood and Treasure, In from the Cold, and Abstentia, which he also created. He? She. I think there's supposed to be an S on there. Script is a little wonky tonight, folks. All three series, whether light or dark, focus on the themes of international intrigue. Current keeper of the Trek flame, Alan, Alex Kurtzman, will serve as an executive producer and will be the Academy's co-showrunner, along with Noga Landau. Landau has written for the TV series The Magicians, co-producer of the Apple Plus series C, that's S-E-E, the letter, mm-hmm. and as well as developed and wrote for the CW's Nancy Drew series and its short-lived Tom Swift spinoff. Um, so that's, it's kind of a um, an interesting combination of mm-hmm. people here involved with this thing. And we're going to talk about another person a bit later to add something else into the mix. But I, you know, was looking at some of these shows, trying to get a... a a taste of what I think this is going to be like, because you've got someone who's written kind of hard and gritty stuff. Uh, Gaia uh, Violo has written very sometimes gritty, lighthearted more in, in blood and uh, treasure, which was kind of an Indiana Jones ish type of thing. Um, but combine that with someone who's done a lot of work for the CW on shows like Nancy Drew, which are kind of teenage um, horror versions of 90210. Let's let's kind of put it that way. So it's an interesting mix here of what they might be going for when you've got people like that involved. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. The logline for the series, which is a fancy industry word for one or two sentence description, is... Star Trek Starfleet Academy will introduce us to a young group of cadets who come together to pursue a common dream of hope and optimism. Under the watchful and demanding eyes of their instructors, they will discover what it takes to become Starfleet officers as they navigate blossoming friendships, explosive rivalries, first loves, and new enemy that threatens both the Academy and the Federation itself. Where have we heard that part before? Welcome right. to Warp Theory 201. <laughs> Boimler. Speaker. Boimler. <laughs> will, they have a, will they have a defense against the dark matter uh, 
instructor. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I love your I love your uh, graphic oh, there. The log the, line. The log line. Yeah. <laughs> dee, 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 dee. Oh, log right. log. What Wonderful. rolls down stars alone? Or, never mind. Yeah. We do know that Lower Deck's own Beckett Mariner, Tawny Newsom, will be joining the writers' room for the series. Newsom also oh, co-hosts the official Star Trek podcast, The Pod Directive, which we were just talking about a minute ago and also has a solid knowledge of the Trek universe. In responding to a Twitter question, Newsom confirmed that the series will be live action, which is something we hadn't even stopped to think about. I mean, hmm. we assumed it was live action, but they didn't say that, actually. You know, I mean, yeah. it's funny. You say if, if it's an animated series, you will say that. But if it's a live action series, you won't. That's the default. Well, I think she had to say that because she is part of the animated one and wanted to make everybody let everybody know what she is. This was not the case. Yeah. See, see the, 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 uh, we'll have to explain how animation works. It's it's, it's... (laughs) I thought everyone was animated. Now, one thing that I took out of this, which I found interesting, I don't know if anyone else will, uh, but when this series does premiere, presumably in 2025, it will bring, (laughs) <laughs> the total number of series in the current Trek reboot to seven. That's one more than all past TV iterations of Star Put Trek together. combined. Hmm. It, it only took eight years to accomplish that, and it took 35 years to get to six in the old. <laughs> wow. Now, now, granted, there's not as many episodes, and there were huge gaps between things, especially you know between the original series and like Next Generation. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, that's the kind of pace that we're under. But uh, even to that point, we were talking about the you know running it into the ground. Yeah. You're losing. You're going to be losing two shows, and so far, you're only replacing it with one. And the show you're replacing both of those with is not like those other shows. And that's always a concern to me is you don't want to replace the same with the same and never get fresh blood in there and, and mix things up. So I think one of the benefits of doing something like Starfleet Academy is that there has never been a series like that in the Star Trek universe we've had stories that have taken place at the academy sure yeah. both in the 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 movies and on next generation and and so forth but this is all based there and i think to me i'm very excited about it because we've talked about this series since the 70s yeah, i know and no one's been able to make it happen i we went from hey you know it'd be a great idea to uh hey let's do it and i just never did it that sounds like this podcast hmm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it took a long time. It's been a long road. No, the, no, um, don't have, no I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that. on this because I, I feel the same as when Deep Space Nine was first introduced. You know, a lot of the adventure from Star Trek came from the ship going to places and now we're in a static location. So what is going to be the drama? What is going to be the conflict? What's going to be the storyline for Starfleet Academy? The action obviously has to come to them or the situations have to revolve around them. I can tell you what it's going to be. Blossoming friendships, explosive robberies, and first loves, and an enemy that threatens the Academy and the Federation itself. Will you stop reading the log line? (laughs) Um, I'm sold! One thing you didn't have on your list 
rightly so because it's not technically announced yet was the section 31 you know, right so that, well that's still in the cards that's still in the card. interesting uh story that uh our friend of the show larry nemichek was talking about was uh in his last live um tuesday live show mm-hmm. on youtube was the concept of the star trek runway so you have the shows waiting to take off okay so stacked up waiting to take off after discovery were Starfleet Academy and Section 31 because those shows had been part of the overall production deal when Kurtzman got the long-term commitment to be doing this after the first year or so. Well, fans came along and said, we want more Pike. Oh, yeah. It bumped Section 31 off the runway. And that ties directly into the story that Chuck is going to be talking about now. If you've been going on Twitter lately, you might have been wondering when this new series, Star Trek Legacy, is going to premiere. Well, no one can say. Because the series <laughs> has just, has, it's not been greenlit by anyone. Picard Season 3 showrunner Terry Metalis has pitched the idea of a series that would pick up where Picard leaves off with a combination of new and legacy cast members. At GalaxyCon... He confirmed that no work is currently happening for the concept, but again reiterated how season three sets up another show. Look, I love this time period in Star Trek, the 25th century. I always view it as a present day in Star Trek for me. It's where we all left off. And the way we leave this season is a passing of the torch from the last generation to the next. I would certainly love the spinoff to happen. We certainly leave it so that you can do that. Of course, it's well known that fan demand for more adventures with Captain Pike, Mr. Spock, and number one led to the fast tracking of the series Strange New Worlds. But can fans do it again? And would it delay, yet again, development on the Section 31 series? We're not sure how this is going to shake out, but stand by. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, those of uh, anyone that's watching the the stream live or watches it afterwards, I had up on the screen uh, some graphics that are different people's kind of fan versions of what the the logo for Star Trek Legacy would be. And this was just in a quick search of scrolling through maybe (laughs) three pages. And I've got... I've got three oh different lo- three different looking logos, as well as one that features LeVar Burton and his indicating that he's very supportive of this concept of Star Trek legacy. So I, I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know, what's happening at secret hideout and at, um, you know, CBS media going, I don't know what we should be doing here. Cause you know, with, does anybody want to call Michelle and tell her that she's been bumped again? I don't want to be the one to make not that an call. Oscar winner. No, not an Oscar winner. So I, I just, I'm not sure how this is going to land. Um, and it's a vague concept to begin with. I mean, naturally, uh, you know, Terry's in, in favor of it because this is something he's been working on. Um, but there are also all the plans that are in place for, shows that are upcoming i mean there's probably shows that we don't we're not aware of 
that is so early in development <laughs> that we don't like the Star Trek control. Tribbles show. Star Trek well, Babies. That's not supposed. Okay. Well, the, the, the Eric's they know about them now. Eric's Comedy Club. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, well, Eric's lend a hand or two or three. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I just it it's weird and it's it's one of these things where you know the the the, the showrunner is really encouraging people to to do this and mm-hmm. i and i'm i'm concerned and and terry has said himself that he's not an employee so you've got somebody outside lobbying for this thing and fans are behind it but it just it feels odd to me in some ways that you you want to have it really organic you i don't know if you necessarily want to have the person in charge say you should do you know constantly be you know putting out things about this it's just my it's just my feeling about it i mean i don't i don't i well, i would love to see the series yeah don't get me wrong i would love to see the series but i also feel like there's other things out there that are different and new, yep. like we're talking about the Academy in section 31 that I'd also like to see. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chuck. Do you have something you want to say? There is a lot. There, there are so many open ends that they've left breadcrumbs throughout the years that you could hook into uh, just rich, rich universe that you could tap in almost anywhere and come up with oil. I guess oil isn't a good thing anymore, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Vegetable yeah. oil. There we go. I, I still drive on it, so I, I think it's good. Uh, so I think uh, seeing his track, uh, Taylor Metallus's track record, not only the other shows that he's done in the past, but uh, the way that Star Trek uh, or Picard season three turned out, I'm down for whatever he's got in mind, and I'm sure it'll be good. Um, but yeah, I kind of want to uh, another set of characters, you know, and and kind of push that envelope a little bit and get back to the exploration and storytelling about you know um, strange new world situations oh, or, yeah. or a reflection yeah. on our uh, for reflection on our world kind of thing you know like star trek was now it's there's so much uh introspective stuff i think you could still like, do that with i think you could still do that with um with the starfleet academy you know you could oh yeah yeah uh and not just academy but i'm thinking of other stuff too but or the legacy, referring to the legacy, uh, right, Star Trek legacy right. one. But um, if they can get back to kind of doing that kind of storytelling and come up with stories that make you think a little bit, go, oh, okay, you know, I want that. It's also kind of interesting because, I mean, that concept of Star Trek legacy, um, Terry himself did a, a Twitter poll, which is clearly not scientific, but uh, <laughs> a question about, you know, who is the best captain and uh, that's on oh yeah i saw that right so so he had down uh picard Riker, shaw and vatic i abstained by the way and shaw is running away with it okay so <laughs> wait a minute last time i saw anyway shaw well was- all right so that may be true but i i think i i like him but we barely seen him and a lot of the show he's been either in his quarters or injured off the bridge somewhere sick bay injured <laughs> He's been beat up, so it's like, I don't know. I can't really make a determination. Uh, well, so. I mean, he's 
he's the uh, de facto engineer, so he's doing a Brian's role, you know, for yeah. him, like being the one that gets beat up all the time. Oh, I, I did. Yeah, that's right. According to Todd Stashwick, I mean, hashtag Shaw was right. <laughs> I mean, I like him and stuff, but it's like, I want to see him actually do some captaining. I've seen him unplug some wires and get beat up a lot. <laughs> he's, he, I, these last couple episodes have, have you know, changed his light. I oh. mean, he came across as a real jerk, but then you find out why yeah. he's got those feelings and... You know, and he can in, fall in, out of a turbo lift like nobody's business. Episode episode eight, we're we're seeing some some good stuff, in my opinion. Well, I I do like how he doesn't mind calling BS on people, as we've seen with Picard and Riker, and you know he's he's he's, he's like rather than sidestepping an issue or dancing around the bush, so to speak, with, with a touch yeah. of sense of humor. I th- I think that's yeah. I think that's Todd the actor putting oh, something special the, into that character that first dinner scene man that dinner scene or that where he was eating dinner and they weren't yeah <laughs> not so much so but that's yeah but see that's part of the question is like if your interest is in if people's interest is in you know captain shaw and you find out okay we're going to do it as a star trek legacy and somehow riker is the lead you're going to upset. I felt like with strange new worlds, it was much clearer. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to have Pike, the setup is it's going to be in the enterprise. You kind of know what's going to happen. We kind of knew what way it was going to be set up. Right. So you don't, you don't have to worry about what's the mix, you know, who's, who's in, who's out Mm -hmm. type of thing. This is just like that. That was a given. Yeah. What you were going to get. Well, that was part of the whole, season three and we can get to this when we get to the episode recaps is is having picard and Riker and shaw all in that same environment made for conflict confusion contention other words that start with the letter c <laughs> clarity wait no that's the wrong no, that, no that's cut wrong. clarity carrots Convolution. Yeah, that's a diamond ring now uh yeah. yeah so i think that was part of the mix it would have been too straightforward to go hey we'll take your old ship i'll step back and you know it it, it made for more of who's really in control here if anybody mm-hmm. well i will i will add this to the pile i do i do think i, I agree with terry metallis when he said that this was his uh, golden trick was this this time frame. I mean, I like TOS uh, for lots of reasons. I also love the TNG era because we've had a lot of stuff in there, but there's a lot of material still to mine from that. You know, mm-hmm. all the way f- you've seen everything between TNG all the way to DS9. That same time frame. There's a lot in there, and it, it made a good time frame. I'd like to see something in that time frame again. And it's got it's got the advantage that it's not another show that is trying to fit in. Yeah. Fit into the leading up to Mm -hmm. if you did that series, it's like your other shows that are currently uh, on in that roughly the time era uh, with lower decks and prodigy. They're both post nemesis type of, area you know going out from there i mean they all, yeah. they all need to coordinate because they are kind of in each other's backyards mm-hmm. as far as what's happening at that point in the timeline they're oh yeah slightly different years but not that different than each other 
So you'd have to really work that pretty tightly um, to, to make it work, but well, it is, it is going forward. It is creating new things rather than just looking yeah. backwards. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I think I get the idea about the Star Trek legacy because if they do plan it in that time frame, then you got like Voyager DS nine era stuff. You got to let the tail end of TNG and you can also go out in the universe. You know, there's a lot of stories to tell. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of down. I, at least that's the impression I'm getting. Just no, maybe we'll what, get all three. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get, yeah. you know, legacy section 31 and Starfleet Academy at, at some point. Who knows? We'll find out maybe next uh first contact day i don't know because we got nothing on first contact day this year i know what a disappointment i was like well i had fun posting pictures and hashtags but uh, so less competition I, I, the next the next the next really shot that we have is the 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 place where they make the major announcements is star trek day in september so yeah. that's a long way to go before we have any kind of major. exactly eric's but let's move on. Uh, we have no oh, news. By the way, week. Eric's was looking at the airline tickets. That's why he was. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Vulcan Alberta, Canada this week because not uh, really much news happening there. And we're definitely get a lot on our plate. However, there are now there's only 23 additional stories. Slow week. This week. It's It's a slow week because I took out all the duplicates of stories about the renewals mm-hmm. about, you know, duplicate re- reviews of Star Trek Picard. There were, there were probably like three times as many stories, but they're just the same thing with a different header on it. So these are 23, hopefully unique stories. We've got stuff from Picard, Strange New Worlds, uh, the next generation, all the, um, I believe all four of the Star Trek movies are out as, as a 4k uh, oh yeah, that that yeah. they did announce that yesterday. Yep. So, uh, well, that was, but that had already, that had been news a couple of days before then. So somebody's still mm-hmm. there. Thunder. Uh, you can get yourself a Borg Cube Bluetooth speaker. Um, we've got uh, you know, Star Trek officially names the best ship in the Federation's fleet. That's a click uh, clickbait headline. So was the uh, best villains, which I had had to click through just to look at the list. <laughs> yeah. But there's plenty in there to look at. Just go to the show notes for episode 135 over at the topic is trek.com. All right. It's time to come uh, to to my favorite part of the show, which is to say goodbye, Charlie. Unable to comply. Internal scanner relays have been damaged. I thought his voice was changing for, for a minute. I was worried he was going to stick around because we couldn't get him to go away. <laughs> the sensors yeah. had to find him first. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's and it's one. time to head out on our main mission with an appropriate sound effect. Program initiated. Enter when ready. That's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Mate was just all over the place this episode. Well, this time around, we're going to be talking about the two most recent episodes of Star Trek Picard. And those are Dominion and Surrender. And of course, there will be spoilers. So whether or not we're going to run the spoiler alert, I don't know. But there will be spoilers coming up. Sure, why not? Spoiler alert. There we go. All right. Uh, Actually, Dominion and Surrender. Those would be good band names just by themselves. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Chuck just read this. Uh, 
Craig, why don't you uh, give us the uh, details on Dominion? All right. So, of course, we're talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 7. Episode title, as you just said, Dominion, written by Jane Maggs. In addition to serving as co-executive producer uh, and writer of Picard, Jane Maggs has written for shows such as The Man Who Fell to Earth and, with an E, and Little Dog. This is Mag's fifth script for Picard. And directing is Deborah Kempmere, uh, still keeping a hand on in writing and producing small independent films. Deborah Kempmere has also recently focused on directing for small screen, which turns helming episodes of Clarice, Tales of the Walking Dead, FBI International, and FBI International. How's that work? No, I, uh, and, weird. The, and the Gilded Age. Uh, Campmere has directed three episodes of Star Trek, including one episode of Discovery and both this and the next episode of Picard mm. Surrender, which we'll talk about in a minute. So Surrender, I'm sorry, Dominion's uh, synop- short synopsis is crippled, cornered, and out of options. Picard stages a gambit to trap Vatic and reveal her true motive. A gamble that puts the Titan in the crosshairs and forces Picard and Beverly to question every mortal code they've ever held. So let's talk before we talk about the, those main plot points. What did you think of the first scene between uh, Tuvok and seven more music? We heard the uh, Voyager Um, theme. Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was a couple of cues of Voyager theme. I w- it was good. I liked it because it went back and forth. You weren't sure, and then you were, and then you weren't. Well, and actually, yeah. that's what I thought she was like. She was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm good. And then wait, no, yes, no, no, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's yeah. The, we were we were along for the ride on that one. Yeah. Right. Uh, somebody likened it, and I had the same thought in my head, so probably other people did as well, because when she first kind of believes it is Tuvok after she's, you know, given him a couple of, you know, verbal tests about things. Then she nods, everything's okay. And you that's when you hear the Voyager theme start up. Mm-hmm. Like, Yay! Asked, yeah, then she has the follow-up question and it all falls apart. And I feel like if there was a live orchestra, the orchestra would be going, Oh, look, it's Tuvok. That, 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 and they're all singing. Yeah, they're- no, no, nix it, nix it. Exactly. Exactly, Eric's. <laughs> he, he plays the tuba now. <laughs> plays the tuba? Wow, he's multi-talented. I did like it. I mean, it was a nice surprise because even on, remember on um, the Ready Room the, the week before, Will Wheaton even made a point, says, I can't even tell you who it is. It has silhouette of him on the set. And so what, you know what's really messed up is I happened to pull up YouTube that morning and there's a thumbnail with um, Tim Russ on it. I went, Dang it. Now I already know. I, I didn't even have to look at anything. Just to stare in my face. But it didn't matter. It was still a good. Uh, Stay announcement. away from the internet. Stay clear of the I internet. Can't. I work on the. I work there. I <laughs> I li- he lives there. Yeah. 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 So, so we keep mentioning Dwight Schultz, a.k.a. Reg Barkley. You know how old mm-hmm. that man is now? How? How, 30, how old is like he? 38. 75. He's 75? He's 75. So he's a young one in the bunch. Yeah. I was watching, um, was it Enterprise? A, a few nights ago when when uh, 
Inside Man, the episode Inside Man, where they were doing the relay and the Ferengi intercepted his holographic mm-hmm. image that they were sending to Voyager to help bring him back, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. They, they also covered it on the latest episode of the Delta Flyers with Garrett Wong and uh, Robbie McNeil. And the, uh, yeah, I looked it up and went, how old is this guy? Because I was looking through his IMDb page going, he's been around a long time. Yeah. And I, I, I it's like, dang. Well, guy, he's been around 75 in, years. As, as, uh, <laughs> as of November, I think it was. Might have been December. Yeah. Um, I was, it's funny you bring it up because just the other day, uh, actually last night, as a matter of fact, because of Star Trek day, I threw on the Pluto channel that more Star Trek mm-hmm. and had Voyager and they were playing the episode in game and, you know, where they made all the characters look older. Mm-hmm. And of course they made him look a little older and I was like, well, he kind of looks like he does today. <laughs> just a I little believe bit. they made him look older and they also like hiked up his pants. Yeah. To, like, his chest. Yeah. Yes. Those aren't regulation. (laughs) (laughs) They did. Old people pants, and I'm wearing them. Actually, um, Tom Paris looked a little too unnaturally old, but anyway. And of course, the doctor looked great. Joe, excuse me. Okay, we've we've got the opening (laughs) scene established with Tuvok. (laughs) This is going to take a while, people. So we we have we well we have a couple of of major things going on in this Mm -hmm. episode. I mean, we're we're dealing with with data lore because now yeah they have brought him back onto the titan we're dealing with picard and crusher weighing their moral codes right because beverly floats the idea that she might be able to come up with some type of weapon that's biological in nature and she's concerned because it would basically be a genocide to be using it and she, you know, she likens it to the meta, uh, the morphogenic virus used during the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. And um, she says, well, I, I just I, I just don't know if I can bring myself to that point to do that. Picard at that point kind of brushes it off saying, well, if you get there, we'll we'll talk about it then. Give it to me. I, I <laughs> thought it was a little odd that, uh, you know, they discovered that Picard's DNA had been stolen. And Beverly asked a question about relatives' well, DNA. And I went, you're a doctor. It's the 24th century. You should know all about relatives and DNA and mitochondrial DNA. Like, I'm still what? trying to figure it out. <laughs> did, you just, did you just have like a brain lapse or something? Because that's, that's fundamental to what you do. I thought that was really out of place. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Well, we have often on cases this is bizarre leaps of logic in in this series so we'll we'll chalk that up it would be like jordy walking into engineering going dilithium what's that i thought thought you're gonna say leaps of logic in this world that we live in but no that that. well that's that's a different story altogether we won't get into that no spock comes in says let me take a guess at that Uh, (laughs) i just thought i was really put off by that i was also i thought You've got data and lore, and they look at the mind map, and of course, it's red and blue. I'm like, yes. oh, what a trope. Please, can we move on from the red is bad and blue is good? And Wait a minute. Did, they didn't tell you which one was which one. Yes, was. You, they didn't, you didn't have to. Well, you didn't have to. You're, Whenever you're the robot's in- eyes go from blue to red, you're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Every robot movie that's been around. No, this is, they didn't tell you which one was which. You, you assumed. 
But he assumed correctly according to the next episode. But that's yeah, you beside. didn't have to guess very hard. I'm not even or, talking political battleground here. I'm talking or, pure sci-fi trope. Well, I think I think part of it might have to do with how things scan. You could use yellow, right, for one of the colors, uh-huh. but you want to have something yellow. But you want to have something that really highly contrasts in color. Green. So, I don't care. Make something well, up. I, but I think that's why one of the reasons they fall back to that is because it translates. Have well. a little L and a D or something. Well, I, <laughs> well wait a minute. They use those colors because uh, people associate it with good and bad, just like you did. So that so that's why they did it. Okay. Uh, I trust my Bluetooth headset, but I don't trust my he- earbuds when they're running low on battery anymore. You, tr- no. you trust your Bluetooth headset, but your red camera, you can't trust it. So that's, that's how that I goes. thought it was. I thought it was just a little too obvious there. I, I did like Brent Spiner's acting when he switches between the two personas, and he does this in both this episode and the next one really well. Oh, he's but doing poor, that great. Lal. Lal is just like, well, they a footnote. A footnote. They mentioned her in the in like when they got not, when they got no, to the museum. Not again. Never again. Well, yeah, they did at in 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 uh, surrender. He mentioned it at the end. No, wait. No, no. He said oh, no. data. He said lore before oh, and yeah. all the other things that doctors and the rest are here yeah. in data's brain. Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> Gilligan's Island. Well, yeah, they mentioned Lol that first time when they found. Data and that was it. Yeah, because right? he said because uh, Doctor Sung said he was going to put that in there, and then we get this episode. They talk about the partitions, and there are four partitions, and he Ooh. named them all, and they're nothing. Nothing. So wait a minute, how weird would that be if they put Data's daughter in his head now? Oh, now? <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? No, I mean if she was supposed to be in there, it's just a composite. Yeah, I mean it was Data's daughter. Right. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, let's put them all together. Oh, let's put Law in there too. You it's know? it's basically <laughs> all of Dr. Sung's floppy disks that he had it's laying just, in a drawer. It's a, it's a data soup. Yeah. You know, just, here's here's <laughs> a copy of Load Runner I put in so, there. So why did you do that? Why did you, I did it for the lols. Yes. Ah, <laughs> but where's the sad trombone again? Oh. Eric's just taking a rest at this point. Right. Okay, where are we on this? Um, Vatic. Right. So now now Vatic is having another conversation with, you know, the, the squiggly uh, face. Yeah. Squiggly face. And which we still don't know. And I was right. It's not a changeling because of, you know, this, this other stuff yeah. has been going on that she's definitely af- afraid of this character because it can take changelings and just completely obliterate them. You are so running out, out of time, time. and I want a salami sandwich now. Exactly. They kind of look like one. A little and bit. even though she's going to be torturing uh, Riker and uh, and uh, Deanna, Troy, we don't see them at all in this episode, which is, I, right. I think, weird as well, because you had the setup, the cliffhanger, the last episode, the last thing yeah. you saw, the last episode, and then, oh, yeah, we don't mention, we don't see them at all. Well, uh, Terry Metalis did say the reason that was the case was because when they were cutting back and forth, they were going between two different ships and it didn't quite work right. So they had to kind of separate them a little bit. So that's why they were yet, supposed to be in that episode, but they, they moved and yet, them on. And yet they did it completely in the next episode. So I don't know. I, I have, 
I, I also have feelings. Uh, I hate to say this, but I, I'm still having these feelings of we have a seven or eight episode story and we are mm-hmm. stretching out in places. Yeah. yeah. It's not as, it's not, not as obvious as it was last season with holy cow. Or even right. the last couple episodes. Yeah. It, but, yeah, it, right. but, this one, but yeah, they right. could have been 40 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. The, um, we also find out that Jack is not just, you know, seeing things and can pull matrix moves whenever he needs to, but can he can also the impart them on other people. So, you know, mm-hmm. they get into a bit of a pickle and Sydney's trapped and he sort of remote controls Sydney in a fight sequence, which is, I thought that was very an interesting development. Uh, very well coordinated, I will say, you know, yes. for the choreographic choreographic core. Choreography. Yeah, choreography. No, choreography. <laughs> choreography. There the we go. around part. Um, Join us for our other movement. podcast where it gets even funnier. <laughs> I get yeah. It yeah, I thought they did a good job with making that because I was like, oh, oh, is he, he's actually controlling her, you know, yeah. when they were doing the same thing. And I like the fact that after it was all over, Sydney's first reaction after that is weird is to pull the phaser on him. It's like, well, what she didn't the know heck that, was that, you know? Yeah, she, well, that was unnatural and she didn't know it. What to think of it? I mean, right? No, that's what I mean. You got a bunch, of, got was, a bunch yeah. of changelings walking around. What else? You know, who who knows what else is going on? Right. So it's. I mean, it's very now. I'm really intrigued by whatever this thing is because you're now you're bordering on these really supernatural abilities, which is kind of out of Star Trek's normal mode of operation. Yep. To just have somebody be able to like instantly get into anybody's mind and and control all their movements like you know just we you know it's, oh I, well uh, deanna troy <clears throat> yeah but i mean not to, <laughs> i mean that's kind of like i can i can sense certain things but yeah, well, this, this goes beyond a vulcan mind meld well, right they, was, Bach was doing those mind melds it was like a lot of prep and he could get the person to do very simple things like open a communicator well, this is uh, like instantly I can take over your mind and and use you like a puppet to mimic everything that I'm doing in a fight sequence. Well, uh, think of this too. You know, Deanna's powers have changed, or we would call them abilities or whatever, uh, has changed a little bit. She was actually um, modifying Riker's mind because of the grief and everything. That's the next episode, right? So we'll, I know, but, I know, I understand that, but I'm just saying, right? It's not but, out of the realm. Yeah, but I mean, if he's never, especially if he's never done this before, right. Cause it took him by surprise as or, well. Or what? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the episode also involved Deanna Troy, where uh, the family that was taking over, uh, like uh, they were playing like a party trick Remember on the enterprise and they were uh, pulling people's memories out that they hadn't had in a long time. Remember that? And there was a rape scene with Deanna. Remember that? She also was uh what was she reaching out to Shinzon? No, the uh, in in Nemesis, she was doing some of this as well. But, but that was that was different. That wasn't you know. Well, I'm going to well, ninja move you. Different with Deanna is that she knows she's a Beta Z, and she's known she's a right. Beta Z. Jack's confused. Kid, and she's had lots of practice doing what she's doing. And so, yeah, if her if her abilities grow over time, in little little steps forward sure but this is jack not knowing he can do any of this stuff to suddenly just oh just do what i do oh flip the switch i mean yeah yeah okay well 
Well, he, has, he said he's been feeling like this for a long time, but uh, and I guess it's finally come to a, a point. Right. So I that's why I'm really interested to find out what this thing is because oh, you're yeah. putting a lot of pressure on hey. what this thing is. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it. Well, Vatic seems to know, but first she has to reveal uh, the story. And this this scene took a little while, in my opinion, to, well, to say it, how we got this new version of uh, Changelings. You know, it was uh, basically me, a, though, a lab experiment. Was, yeah, but that to me was the was the gist of a lot of stuff. And I felt like that was the important thing to get to because this is a consequence of war. Yeah. that we're talking about here and how you paint section 31 if you want to separate that from starfleet and the federation so at least star uh, at least section 31 wants to weaponize the changelings use them as sleeper agents to go in and do whatever it is they want them to do so that really <clears throat> was a horrific thing. Of course, it had ties into other atrocities of war in our wars. Mm -hmm. So that's where you draw the parallel there. And I felt like that was the interesting part of this episode. Yes. I'm glad they took their time with that part. Uh, what I didn't understand, though, was uh, she was very calm when she got trapped. And yes, she gets free, but she could not have known that lore was going to drop all the force fields. So did she have some other end game in mind for getting out of there? Because she was cool as a cucumber. Yeah, it was like, it was trapped. like she had a plan all along and you know, I'm not, yeah, you're right. And I was like, I don't get where she thought she had a plan because she hadn't been in contact with lore at all. I don't think. Right. And unless behind force fields, well, I was going to say, unless, um, because of the whole conspiracy, they, maybe she had some insight on what's lower. I don't know. Don't they, I guess they weren't really talking. I don't know. I mean, I was just stretching with that one. We get another so, children's song out of it too. Three blind mice. We do. We do indeed. <laughs> we don't get, yes. to, I didn't notice. Did, um, did the scientist smoke? Because I, I keep thinking, where did she get the habit of smoke? I wondered that too, because the, the opening scene in the next episode is is her lighting up. Going, Why? It would have to be the, the scientist because- Excuse me, there's no smoking on the bridge. A changeling would have no use for a cigarette. <laughs> it's not like an addiction. It was just something that- She inhales and her, her, her clay inside is gray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was wondering. I, I didn't go back and take another look to see. Well, is is this is the uh, researcher smoking? And she's just picked up that habit from. Yeah, I don't remember that part. Observation. I thought that was. I did agree. That was a. I thought that was a nice callback. And you understand where she's coming from. I think she. She filled. They filled that part out very well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But in true Star Trek form, she ends up. Taking over the ship, yep, with a small band of you know assistants. Well, yes. and just a little. Uh, I mean, the the uh, the crew figures out that they can track these changelings because they have Philomium eight forty seven, and uh, they just discovered a little too late. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, if they discovered it earlier, I'm not I'm not sure they could have done much because they seem to really not be very effective in the next episode in doing anything, but <laughs> they didn't use it at all. No, they didn't. There were there were a couple things like that, like, okay, and that led to nothing. Yeah. Again, that's kind of one of those, let's stretch it a little bit here and then a little bit there. All right. Do we have um do we have any other thoughts about well, they, they, at episode. the end, I mean, the changelings took the bridge and then Vatic announces, hey, Jack, I think it's time you tell everybody who you are. You know, we're going to, you should really know what you are. We're going to tell you, in, we're going to tell you in two episodes. Right. right. Because <laughs> we're not telling you the entire next episode, even though we set it up that way. Mm-hmm. You feel like the show should end with, and don't forget to subscribe to Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe at the links below. Yeah, like, and sub- like and subscribe. Be sure to leave a comment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we strive for fives. Oh wait, that's a totally different. Thing. <laughs> All right, well let's let's Uber. Uh, I think let's rate this Uber. One, that's we? Clinton. <laughs> no, yeah. Right? yeah. What's our rating system for this one? Uh, what did uh, we have? Cigarettes. I think it. Should, I think it should, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it should be uh, s- smoking changelings. Okay. All right. Two right. Fox. <laughs> on a Two scale box. of on a scale of one to ten, smoking changelings. Smoking. You got to say very carefully to make sure it's understood. Uh, I'll start. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give it an eight because I really didn't like certain parts of it because we're falling into everybody's stupid until they're smart. But I did like the reveal of a lot of what was motivating. Right. Vatic. I, I really like this fact that even to the point where Picard and Crusher, and I believe them, they were completely unaware that although the Federation had come up with the solution, they voted to not give it to the changelings and it was Odo who brought it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. but you know, the victor gets to write the history and I've got a feeling that's what the party line is on how it happened. Oh, well, yeah, we came up with that, but we also gave them the cure. So I, I like that whole segment in there. All right, let's go to Chuck next. I'm, I'm going to go with a 7.5, just a little bit lower. I, I thought that scene, the revealing scene was a little long. I also thought there were a couple of weird things like Beverly asking about DNA or Jordy's sort of fatalistic attitude at the beginning. He's like, you're going to have to admit it, Jean-Luc. No, we're I alone now. About, we're I wondered about it's that like, too. whoa, holy like, give up attitude, buddy. Yeah, let's uh, just go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it just, I liked it in general. Again, beautiful music throughout, very cinematic. So I, I, I'm, keeping it uh, above there. I just thought there were a couple of dings in the armor that went, mm, not not the finest hour, but it was a good hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, uh, well, I'm sorry, is it my turn now? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it an eight. Uh, I liked it for the same reasons that you mentioned, Clinton, uh, the backstory uh, and all that stuff. And But the one thing that we didn't touch on was Jordy's little monologue to lore trying to get him to turn. And I thought that that, uh, that was touching because you know, they had a good friendship 
at least from, especially from his side uh, with data. Uh, so he was appealing to him and stuff uh, to save his daughter. And um, I like that a lot. So, so I'm gonna give it an eight. eight. Yeah. And, eight and smoking. Laura's, yeah. Laura's just brush it off, you know? <laughs> yeah. Why are you telling me this? Yeah. You keep talking and talking and saying nothing. Laura, you jerk. Throwing my emotions back at me. All right. Well, let's immediately follow up with the next episode. Uh, Chuck, tell us about it. Season three, episode eight is called Surrender or as I told Clinton earlier, I see a red door and I want to paint it, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They brought back the red door. I've been singing that song in my head for like the last four episodes since they first started showing that red door. That could have been a title of this show. I, I said that, but apparently I haven't been promoted to show titles yet. I'm still at taglines <laughs> for episodes. That's right. I leave that to the pros. Written by Matt Okamura. Uh, he served as a staff writer on the miniseries Blood and Treasure, been the story editor on the series Leverage Redemption, and has been a writer for Smallville. Okamura's roles on Picard have included executive story producer, story editor, and writer on 15 of the series. This was directed by Deborah Camp Meyer again, and uh, we won't reread everything Craig told you before. The plot synopsis is that Vatic forces Picard to make an impossible choice. Deliver what he can never give or watch his crew perish. It's actually Shaw's crew, but that's all right. <laughs> that's right. This, this, this is what I picked up from like official stuff. I'm thinking, yeah. well, it's not Picard is being forced to make the choice and it's not his crew, but yeah. I, Their only salvation it. lies in the mind of an old friend and yeah. old foe. Yeah. You know, by the way, you know, that that reminds me of, uh, Netflix had, um, I'm trying to remember which Star Trek movie it was. It was one of the next gen movies. The description said a feel good romp, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? A feel good romp. <laughs> I think it sounds like a, a road trip movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wacky adventure. Yeah. It's, right. it's an episode of full house. <laughs> yeah. All right, All gentlemen. Right. So we so start this- out, as we mentioned before, Vatic lights what we, up. What are we? What are we rating this one? What are we yeah, rating? Let's, let's just go cut to the chase. There we go. <laughs> well, to me, this is the episode that I really feel like between this and the last episode was one episode that they mm-hmm. they could have yeah mushed these together because they're going to talk about a couple of things that I thought were very weird in here that felt like stretching. You have Vatic who's taken over the ship who wants to find Jack. That's clearly why she's here, right? If she says his name one more time. But it's a drinking game. After, <clears throat> after like 10 minutes of her on the bridge and, you know, calling out to Jack, blah, blah, blah. Then she says, and order out a team to search for Jack. Yeah. This is, this is what, two days later. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like, <clears throat> Wasn't what? that the mission? Wasn't that what you should be doing all the time? They, I thought they the were, but yeah. yeah, that 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 line was a little out there. I I did like the way that the writers and ultimately the actors uh, pushed Vatic even further to the edge. You know, she's conducting the screams over the intercom like a musical conductor. Like, wow, that is scary, wacky there. 
Right, because this is this is again the case where it doesn't matter if you could track uh, these creatures. Basically, she has shut off all the the controls on the ship, except for on the bridge. She's closing bulkhead doors. She's doing everything to just isolate the crew. And, and just how does this them. happen? Doesn't don't you need like command functions? And we saw Shaw transfer them to Riker, and Riker back to Shaw. How does Vadic walk onto the bridge and lock everything out? She goes up to a console and she taps into all the yeah. Starfleet records. They really need two-factor right. authentication she, on this she ship. Clicks, she clicked the override button. <laughs> no, all she had to do was turn on, you know, do you want help hints? And she, she put that on and everything she scrolled over, it just did what it did. <laughs> Expert mode. Up. I see you're trying to get command codes. No, it's Badgie that shows up, actually. Badgie, Badgie help. Right. I see you're trying to get command codes. How can I help? But yet, but yet there's a, a secret codex that we know of. Because uh, Jack thinks he can retake the, sh- the ship. He's like, hey, I, I can help from down here. And he hasn't told everybody all this about his remote capabilities yet um, and he's distraught about it too he's trying to yeah he, he's trying to help so he 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 projects himself i guess is what we call it into yeah. one yeah. of the bridge captives the the hostages and uh they start punching in some codes without even looking at the screen which i thought was amazing and of course this code has to be extremely long yeah compared to other codes which are just like press a button <laughs> card 47 alpha tango yeah Yeah. you can you can apparently take over the ship quite easily but taking it back is a multi-step process now click advanced go to the configuration tab in there no no don't click on oh you gotta start over and just before he hits confirm or enter or whatever vatic catches him (gasps) not happy not happy No, and she's she's given that firm ultimatum, which means which says she means business and won't stretch out the episode. She's given Jack ten, 10 minutes, minutes to turn himself in, or she'll start killing people. Because you could turn yourself in immediately, but I'm going to give you ten minutes to turn yourself in. Why? Well, it's a lo- it's a long walk, you know, to the turbo lift. Which I, well, we needed ten minutes so we could go back to Riker and Troy, so they could discuss how much they hate their house. Yes. Well, I mean, we got we got an answer to a question which we'd asked because it didn't make any sense with what we saw on the early season of Picard with on Nepenthe, mm-hmm. where they seemed to be quite happy. They would they would talk about uh, mm-hmm. their son who had died, and they would be sad, but then they would move on. But apparently, we're to believe that that was all just a charade that. It's much, Deanna much deeper actually, than that. Yeah. Deanna was actually trying to carry the weight of everybody's grief and also feeling everybody's grief in the first place. And Riker feels like he deadened her. She deadened his mind to the whole feeling of loss and he couldn't grieve. And she felt like he was, that she was taking his memories of that is away from her, away from him. Yeah. and. She said, I was just trying to help you carry that that weight. And then, then she comes to realize, you know, you can't just skip to the end of, yeah. of the yeah. ending part. She, she said yeah, she yeah. forgot, like, one of the counselor's rules is you can't skip to the end of that suffering. A, I like or, that line. Heal, you can't skip to the end of healing. That's what it was. Yeah. 
Well, didn't didn't Riker say earlier that they they moved to that planet for some properties that helped his son live a little longer? Yes. Uh, so maybe you know, I I got the feeling that they felt like they didn't want to leave because <coughs> sorry again get choked up. Um, they didn't want to leave because he was the reason that they were there. They should know, have gone kind of, to the planet with the Baku. Or Sona, or whichever one it was, with the magic planet yeah. rings that make you feel better and get younger. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't have like a hotel system there. Yeah, right no visitors allowed. <clears throat> situation right. there. Uh, yeah. But just as you know, they they resolve or reconcile that. In walks one of the changeling bird people and is about to shoot them. But no, it's Worf to the rescue. And you hear Huggle the wonderful Klingon theme. I loved that. P- that yes. moment was great. Didn't expect it. Yeah. Wonderfully played. Yeah. I'm surprised uh, Riker or Deanna didn't see him because the walls had <laughs> holes all in it. It's the true. front was wide open. <laughs> right. Like, it was basically a honeycomb. See, like, when you like see Worf riding in behind the guy to, to stab him. I don't know. So after after getting a hug from pretty much everybody, but at this point. And making a, sn- even, a comment. Right. When he's got, we've both got, you know, Will Riker and Deanna Troy hugging him. He says, personal space is a right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another, sorry about another that. great war line. I've been hugged 20 times in this series. And then we get uh, awkward. <laughs> we get awkward for Riker then at that point, because oh, then Worf oh, is all oh, gushy to Deanna, his oh, former oh, love interest. Oh my God. Mm. Bunch of things. I know. I was, I thought that was awkward too. I was like, Oh, 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 Yeesh. <laughs> yeah. My collar, I gotta adjust my collar. Then Is then we get here? to the then we get to the whole plan of what are we gonna do with data and lore wrestling inside of this one thing? Let's take down the partition and have a slug fest. See who wins. Well, and, and once again, now we're now again. we're down to we're down to only there are two partitions. We've gone from law four people in here, yeah. To now you know, like Sung and, and beef before are being left out and it's just data and lore in there. Well, before well, well, that was, that was kind of an easy take. But they did say it was before's memories. Uh, well, before he says had, it afterwards, but they show all those dots and all the stuff going on. He says, you know, this is the battle going on inside his head. So that's, he's, he's right. painted it as taking another petition between data and lore. So we should have had some green and yellow dots on that map as well. Right. Right. Those are partitions that he didn't, you know, take I think the other, out. the other two were more memories and experiences rather than, uh, you know, an active. Right. You know, because yeah, we didn't see much of B4 in the movie, but they make reference to the fact that, you know, they tried and it just didn't. Hey, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics, I know this is not 100% canon, but I was expecting this a little bit, but I guess not. Before actually became Data, you know, like he, he became Data and was in Starfleet again and actually ended up being a captain. But that, um, I guess that never came to pass. You know, that's the, the trouble when you take those gambles in the novels and the comic books. Oh, and- yeah. Oh, no, no. I was just saying in the in the comics, that's the way it worked out. But here is obviously not. So, because he, they, they didn't have no problem taking him apart. <laughs> Poor before he never had a chance. <laughs> so, Worf and Riker and Deanna get aboard the Titan, and they discover they see they oh, say, oh, "Hey, oh, oh, wait, what did I question, skip? Something?" Yes. Question. Question here. So, if you 
were on the bad guy's ship. Okay. <laughs> and you don't know the status of what's going on on board the Titan. Mm -hmm. Would your first thing be to just go Riker to Titan? Yeah. Which is the very first thing oh, he does. Yeah. You think it's they'd like, be on the bridge going, what? what, what? Oh, answer that. What? And then, and then after that, when Data lifts the um, the comms, you know, yeah, right. So he's back online again. <clears throat> Turn your lights on. Sydney and Riker are having a conversation back and forth, and there are people on the bridge, including Vatican, you know, maybe outside of the thing that's going on. Yeah, I thought the whole comm situation was a little wonky on that one, too. It just seemed weird that apparently you can have the conversations and no one will <laughs> intercept them. There there was no protocol. There's, there's no it was, it, it was no a situation that clearly there. demanded protocol, and there was none. Yeah. In addition to... Um, I, got, I got one more, and then I'm going to let you go, Craig. Okay. It'll slip out of my head. Yeah, Good. yeah, go ahead. Uh, the other thing is, apparently, you can roam all over the ship, even though there's people looking for you. Because you've got a party of four that go roaming around the ship to get over to where Data and Jordy and, you know... Um, we we uh, cleared them to land, and Vatic didn't know that anyone was coming in the shuttle bay. <laughs> right. I just... I didn't... I, oh, my goodness. Okay, sorry. I just... Mind blowing. Okay. I had a, there was a little continuity error, I think, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So help me out here. Mm -hmm. And I, um, when Worf and, uh, Riker and Deanna, they have their, their stabby reunion, you know, everything for a minute. <laughs> yes. And, and then, um, there was this moment and I want to say Rafi was already on the Shrike. I yes. want to say that. Yes. yes. But then they showed the outside of the ship. And there's a, you can see clearly there's a, a cloak uh, shuttle or something. A cloak approaches. shuttle goes across the yeah. bow of it. Who I'm was like, that? Who, and, what is that? Uh, that, right. that might've been Worf and Rafi arriving is what I could, oh. is what I figured. They were, but I think they were already on the strike. Were they? Yeah. Cause I watched it twice and I remember th noticing the little <laughs> spatial anomaly going across the bow. And I was like, okay, what is that? Uh, Cause the only ship I thought they really had uh, cloaking was the Titan at this point, but that was not the Titan. Right. Clearly not the Titan. Yeah. So, that left me scratching my head. I was like, Oh, and I just kind of blew it off and went, well, okay. Maybe that was. So y'all did see it. Oh, I did see yeah. it. Yes. Well, we, we obviously didn't see it cause it was cloaked, <laughs> but <laughs> you saw what was not there. That distortion field. Yeah. It's wonder that's woman parking her plane. But I'm going to, I'm going to go back and, look one more time but i think Worf and rafi were already on the strike when that okay so i was like i wonder if that's that was just a red herring uh, or we saw their that was their shuttle or or a scene that got cut the serena you know, does the serena does the la serena have uh cloaking i can't i don't think so i don't i don't yes it does because they didn't they cloak it in the when it landed in the yeah in they the cloaked it and landed in the vineyard Oh, yeah. you're absolutely right. That yeah. must have been it then. It just must have been. Okay. Then we get to the whole point of this episode being called Surrender because Jack surrenders himself to the bridge to buy time while Data has his battle with lore in his head. And apparently Jack doesn't just surrender. He's got a bomb. So 
a bomb that the bridge cannot. It looked like the it looked like that thermal detonator that Princess Leah had. It was, yeah, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also that's another thing. It's like okay, where did he get this personal force field from that was on the ship that the computer can't identify? Because it calls it out as an unknown device. He, put, like, he, ma- he made it on the way up. The oh, okay. Up. All right. Well, that, that, that he assembled that, it. Out of, that makes sense. Out of parts of his boot. <laughs> I know what I can do. He's sitting there with a screwdriver. He MacGyvered MacGyver, the, your heart out. Yeah, he MacGyvered MacGyver. it out of turbo lift parts. Yeah. So we, the, um, the scene with Data surrendering... You know, mm-hmm. Laura is taking his memories, takes yes. his pipe. We saw lots and lots of artifacts, including Hollow Tasha. Yeah, uh, which is which is much better oh. implemented now in, in so, new special effects because they're waving it around and doing <laughs> tossing so, it in the air. <laughs> so so Tasha did make an appearance in Picard. Ah, see? Oh, did ah. anyone get any 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 prediction points for that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh and I, I thought this whole like taking them apart piece by piece and data losing, I went, nah, no, it's, it, you knew that was, that was a ploy or a plan of some type, especially when it came to spot. And he says, you know, he's the best part of me. And Laura picks up spot and then data comes back. It's like, all, all the LEDs go from blue to red and then they go blue again. Like, wow, that's amazing. I thought that was a little pre- predictable. So we say, well, I mean, I mean, you're not going to have it end with lore winning. There's still two more episodes. I'm good for anything at this point. Hey, then the Titan goes down and the credits roll. And that's, that's the end right. of the <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the story, everybody. Well, the way they were wrapping this up, it almost felt like hey, the season was the over. Sig- the signatures of the actors start showing up on yes, screen. Exactly. <laughs> at, at the, um, at the I, same time. Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I actually kind of liked it. I understood where he was going with it. And I knew, right. I knew that data was what lore wasn't. They were yin and yang. And together they were whole along with all the other, uh, and the rest mi- minus law. Yeah, but, yes, but uh, I knew that they were going to come together and that was going to work because they kept they kept hammering on that partition, the partition. I can't do the partition. Oh my gosh, you know. But they they lifted it, and I always imagined they were going to pull it out of his head. It's open uh, office or nothing, no partition. Yeah, <laughs> but I knew they were going to come together, and uh, I thought it worked okay, except for you know, it was a classic TV thing where two people are supposed to, the two of the same people are supposed to be beside each other, and when they show the back. The back of his hair looked a lot whiter yeah. than it and, was. <laughs> and, and it looked like at the last second, someone went, oh, darn, we need a stand-in for this shot. We don't uh, yeah. get a broom over there. Quick. Frakes, you know, Frakes come here. Tom. Yeah. Carl. Get over here, Carl. <laughs> Can we have a mop? But on the bridge, Vatic says, well, I have no need for these. Ho- oh, wait, we forgot that she uh, shot Lieutenant Tavine. Right, which was interesting because that actress says, been rather active on Twitter and uh, she had a backstory for why her character was bald, you know, saying she's part Delton. Hey, and I thought she kind of liked it. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I kind of liked the character. I wanted to see a little bit more right. of her. Not anymore. Well, that's what I'm, well, that's so what I'm many, saying is that. How many bald, know, how many bald uh, Vulcans have we seen? I mean, come on. Uh, weren't the ones in the Colinar ceremony, weren't they, they were all bald, right? I believe they were. Oh. All those, 
those those priests at the back of you know when Spock is oh maybe, maybe. Those, they were all bald. Don't forget to get well. screened for colon R every five years. Yeah, so okay. don't forget and be very upset about those anti colon R protests. Spock's brother was balding a little bit, but well, that's a different story <laughs> together. <laughs> but she she takes the remaining hostages and puts them in what the ready room, but seven stays behind. When apparently they don't have a problem with it. Well, now this to me is the most important thing that is said in that entire episode yes. as far as a clue that I don't know what to do with. Okay. All right. Seven turns around and comes back out. And first of all, while the guards don't like shove her in there, who knows? But Vatic says something to the effect of how appropriate it is that you are here to see this. Yeah. What is seven? Seven is a former Borg. And how appropriate that you, oh. you particularly, like she doesn't know any relationships to anybody else. It's like that you are a Borg. So to me, that indicates this has something to do with the Borg. Jack's condition. And I don't, Jack's well, condition or something. Well, think of it this way. Picard, Borg, Jack's condition. Eremotic syndrome. Yeah, but that's not. It wasn't it. They said they said it wasn't. Well, they, well we don't know that yet because when in in right. Picard's biological body, they took out some of the frontal lobe that was what infected with eremotic syndromes. Like, what? We're we just going to carve out the bad piece? Yeah, but and, I, I, I'm saying I don't think it is eremotic syndrome. I think I read it. You've probably seen it, Clinton. I don't know about you, Chuck, but there was a fan theory floating around about the whole thing and they were saying the Borg uh, had placed this in something in Picard's mind and or a, a Borg implant that's how that worked anyway it had to do with the Borg implanting something to Picard Picard's got something that they need from that that'll help I don't know shoot but I the Borg the whole... queen is our friend now yeah what what I think is here's my wild theory that I just came up with and therefore TM that if it involves the Borg, somehow the Changelings are working with Species 8472. And Ooh. that's who that mysterious figure is. Ooh. Because Fluidic you know, space. He looked rather fluid, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, so see, that's that's my theory that I just... And maybe the liquid people can live in fluidic space. I don't know. Making this up as I go. How did, um, you, how did you feel when Lord died? Yes. <laughs> did you cheer? Or was it a bit emotional because he's 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 such a character you love to hate? Well, I I felt like uh, I was happy to see them come together because that makes Data more of a person, right? Because I felt like I wasn't what upset they were about doing, him. what they were doing slowly over that episode, and I think I think that's another thing that probably could have taken more time in you know the process of how they were doing that as opposed to i'm gonna search out search parties for jack now that we've been on the ship for two days um is this idea that slowly as data is giving things to lore you see his expressions start to waffle a bit you know lore starts to kind of look at the things a bit differently he does not completely but yeah he even has like a little convulsion when he's holding spotters like oh, what's happening to me yeah. So I, I, I felt it was coming and I never really 
was a big fan of Laura to begin with. So I didn't mind, but I felt like, well, this is a natural, this is kind of what Sung had wanted all along, right? Was to, was to use these things that he's learned to create one thing. And so what you end up with is, yeah, it's name is data, but it can use contractions like, you know, like Laura could do and yeah. is a bit more flippant and so forth. And as it's, so it's, it's really, it's really not just data. Mm-hmm. It's data and lore together. So you didn't, I, I felt like you it's didn't. It's data lore. Yeah. You didn't. Wait, we already had that really episode. Losing, losing <laughs> yeah. lore. You just kind of like it got incorporated into what you mm-hmm. now have. And the rest. <laughs> Except for law, but that's it. No, I, I thought it was a good thing. I, I, I thought I, I was happy about it. And how many of us knew that there was a open from the center uh, escape hatch at the front of the bridge? You can airlock the bridge. That was a new one on me, but we could have used that many times in previous episodes. I I I don't know whether whether that's in any of the technical manuals as to that's you know that's I, that's an yeah. escape route. I th- it actually was the front of the ship. <laughs> it took so long. For all of that to unfold, I thought that sequence could have gone much, much quicker in the time that, you know, Jack turns on the force field, then they're still talking, or he says, oh, that's my cue. Wait, 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 wait. Turns on the force field. There's some more chitter chatter back and forth. And then he says, you know, blow the hatch. It was like from, Vada could have gotten off the bridge and down to engineering by the time they pulled that whole thing off. I thought it was just, Way too protracted. And Vedic didn't make any attempt to grab onto anything. No, or, or fire at the force field or nothing, nothing. You know, Just swore and went out into space. And evidently froze. It happened to just barely miss the Shrike's deflector dish and shatter into a million pieces. Then they blow up the Shrike. But are you oh, sure she's another, gone? Another point, another point, another point, another yeah. point. Okay, so you have an enemy ship. You know that they've taken Picard's body. There's, you know, you, you don't know what's going on with Jack. You have Riker is, you know, that Riker and his crew have come back on the shuttle. So you know that they're not over there, at least. Do you not want to find out if there's anything else over there you need, or are you just going to blow it up right but now? There were still crew over there, so it's still potentially dangerous. I Suppose. I think they said most of the crew was over on the Titan with Vatic. Right, because you know the 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 bird people had gone. Yeah, well, they the... were still when they were still chattering back and forth when Troy. Oh, well, that's Riker, true because they, they had to they had to leave the Shrike. Right when the alarms went off, they say, "Hey, we know they're there," and they went. But still, it seemed like without even consulting, yeah, with Riker or Worf or anybody, just like seven needed to yell fire really loud. She just wanted to get that out of her system. Well, she had. Moment. She had she had get off my bridge. Yeah, she had her yeah. moment there. So oh, I was also surprised that they actually had a uh, an armament of some photon torpedoes because didn't they shoot everything? And they haven't really been in contact. Remember, Riker <laughs> said fire, fire everything. She says fire. And then, yeah, and then Seven says fire everything we got. What are they gonna do? I throw a soup can at them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've got harsh I've got language. This 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 much lamented and and poorly received Chateau Picard apparently. <laughs> oh, that was either. a that was a great exchange between yeah. Jordy and Picard Actually, to verify he was Picard. Six years ago, you were at my 
party. And what did you give me? He says, like, you know, Chateau Picard. And you said it was too dry because you had pedestrian tastes. He goes, yep, yep that's, that's Picard. Right. <laughs> I loved That was a great line for the What's show. Funny, What's funny is he's got nothing but uh, but blowback from his wine. He right. Worth, worth, thought it was mead. <laughs> Rancid mead, if I remember right. Yeah. It was rather tart. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, so I wonder how well the family has done over the years. They have a chateau and so forth, but how? If how's sales how going? <laughs> then, He's a famous captain. We better just buy it for out of loyalty. <laughs> so the changelings are, at least in this air, local vicinity, out of our hair. The band is back together. Deanna swoons because she feels an all-consuming darkness. Yes, mm. She does some good swooning there. Definitely, definitely classic Deanna Troy swoon. Okay. Yeah. And then we have a very long sit around and how glad everybody is to have the band back together. Well, we did have, before that, we did have Data, you know, crack his neck and go, I, I, I've experienced death, but this is new. Like getting old. <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's uh, rather intrigued with age. Yeah, I like that interaction with him. And uh, speaking of him. And, yeah, uh, when we're talking to Jordy about Lavar their friendship. The yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a contraction. No, I didn't. <laughs> Actually, I'll say that kind of paid off that whole uh, scene where they were uh, data was coming, you know, coming back, coming to fruition, coming back to self. And you get to see Jordy and data together and they're sharing their admiration for one another and being friends again. I thought it was really cool. You're right, though, Clinton. The table scene was, you know, it's good to be here. Yes, it's good to be here. Uh, I, you know, we had a couple of comical lines again from Worf. I thought about sending you the beheaded, I, I, the, the heads yeah. of all my enemies. Yeah. But, you know. Too passive aggressive. <laughs> Too passive aggressive. Oh, <laughs> hey, what was funny was, uh, did either you watch the Ready Room yet? Not no. yet, because I watched that no. with Bonnie when she watches oh. Picard tomorrow. Well, spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. So he I'm said, fine. so uh, Wesley said, all right, Wesley. Will said that he was watching the show. And when they all sat at that table, he says, wow, when's the last time we've, they've all sat, sat around together at that table. And then that's then right. One beat. That's exactly what Riker says when they sat down. <laughs> well, when's the last time we sat at this table together? Uh, but when's the last time we sat around a table together? I don't know. What was the last con we were at? I don't know. Yeah, but on the cruise, I think it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we finally cut to the end scene with Deanna trying to help Jack, saying, we're going to go, go through, through this door rain. together. Door. He says, I'm afraid. I can't go through the door. He says, you're not alone. We'll we'll go through it. And they walk up to the door. And then cut. end. End. And we probably won't see more of that for another two episodes. Oh, wait, well, there's only two episodes left. Longer than that, there's like two episodes. Uh, no. if, if they don't answer it after episode 10, forget it. it. It's not happening. And in, in in three episodes from now. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of episodes, that is about the end of this episode, or at least the wrap-ups. We will be back with episodes 9 and 10 in a couple of weeks. Yes. What are we doing after that? Taking a break, I hope? Sleeping. Uh, sleeping. Till yes. June, till something new comes out, or are we going to go back we'll, and watch something we'll, else? Uh, well, we may be back to Enterprise. Ah! I'm I'm jumping out the bridge airlock. <laughs> no, that's not. Hey, there was, by the way, I did see a fan theory uh, that where they thought that the creature that Vatic we've been talking to, yes, was Goldacott. What? Oh, maybe as a as a Paul Wraith because you got the the rings around the eyes with Jack and everything, and 
I was like, okay. Jack really could be a paw wraith. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing was I, what I was trying to get across earlier was Picard was uh, assimilated. There is genetic material in, a, in him from being in the Borg. It's passed on to Jack. And so Jack's got all this other stuff going on. I'm not you sure. You think he's got some nanobots it. in him? Maybe. I don't know or something. Yeah. So the question is, you know, if Son you of a boy. if you have those, let's assume that that's completely true. What are you doing with that? Right? So the kind of the the end game is to what end are you yeah, doing this? I don't know. I'm going to use that as so we don't know. I'm going to use that as a new exclamation. Son of a Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the end, the Titan just let heads off and the music sounds nice and uh, comforting, you know, and as they fly off, I'm thinking, don't they have to hurry up and get to Frontier Day? Yes, yeah, they do. It's only speaking. hours away. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But it, it's got to be at least two episodes away at this point. So. Right. Expect those oh. to be long. Expect those to be football minutes. You know, those couple of hours. All right. And, Our- and you know. And you know they're going to cut the episode right when Deanna goes to reach that doorknob as soon as she touches it. Yep. I was like, dang it. I knew it was going to happen. Oh, well. All righty. We have Warp Speed Roundtable. We're an hour and a half on this one, boys. What are we going to What are we gonna rate uh, these? What scale we got for this? We've got some kind of- Force uh, fields. Force fields. Okay. Force fields. Unidentified Ther- thermal forces. detonators. <laughs> so going backwards, I believe that means you start us off, Craig. Um, there were a lot of holes in it, less like we all kind of joked about, but, uh, I think I still liked it, especially the, uh, as I mentioned, the data lore thing coming together. So I'm going to give this one an eight. Okay. All right. And what about you, uh, Chuck? I'm going with a seven and a half again. I, I liked it. Like you said, data lore, data Jordy. There were some war moments. There were some, you know, th- there's some serious head, serious head scratchers on this one going, wait, what, why, what? So uh, I wish a few of you know the writers would have taken a one more pass at the revised script for those kinds of things. Uh, but seven and a half. Okay. And I'm going to go a bit lower. I'm going to go to a seven on it because I felt like some parts of it were super rushed and some parts of it dragged out. And I didn't understand what the stuff that was being dragged out, why it was there and not allow the stuff that should have been given more time wasn't given the more time. So I thought it was very unevenly paced mm-hmm. and ultimately unsatisfying because you, you seem to linger on things that don't need to be lingered on. Mm-hmm. We, we get the idea mm-hmm. that already the, that. the pathetic is evil. We, we get it. Okay. We've gotten it like from episode one. She's what, she's directly. evil. She's crazy. She's also a lot, under a lot of pressure by Squiggly Man. Exactly. All right. Those are our ratings on it. If you have something else in mind for rating, you can leave us a note over on our Facebook page, uh, the uh, Facebook.com. The topic is Trek. But or now, Twitter. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. You can let us know there as well. Yeah. Uh, do we have any comment here? I uh See something over on the side, but it's too small on my screen. Listener Diane says, Borg Janeway biological weapon parallel. So is she saying, see, they are repeating history, maybe? Hmm. Well, they keep mentioning Janeway. 
they've mentioned Janeway several times. So this could be something that Janeway recognizes when we get to that point and is, is in. So that could be an appearance from Kate Mulgrew because goodness knows how many times they've said Janeway, Janeway, we should see Janeway, Admiral Janeway. Okay. I'll be serving coffee at frontier days. None of that wrecked the Gino. All right. Let's do our Warp Speed Roundtable rather quickly, hence the name Warp Speed Roundtable. And uh, this question is, in light of some of the things that have been happening in this episode, very appropriate. Uh, Craig, I believe, was the one that came up with this one. What precautions <laughs> should, should Starfleet make to keep from repeating stupid mistakes? <laughs> I'll tell you real quick what the reason I came up with this question. I was just watching Star Trek Into Darkness and um, uh, Khan sets the coordinates to Starfleet Academy, literally Starfleet Academy is like, you think they kind of put a safety net in the system for that, where you can't just fly to ground zero. Right. If it's okay, (laughs) not, and the computer's going, not, not orbit the planet. No, no, no. Just, (laughs) just go straight. Straight to to Starfleet Academy. My ship is Yeah. The planet, not orbit. Land there. (laughs) Crash there. Which is what he did. And after this last episode of Picard, probably not putting the uh, airlock right on the bridge, right? <laughs> well, they, they, I get the feeling it was supposed to be an escape hatch, which would have come in handy in the Kelvin verse, because as you recall, they're sliding in beyond uh, Star Trek Beyond. They're sliding down the bridge oh. and they're using phasers to try to blow out the front window. Pew, 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 to go pew, out. Pew, pew. If there'd been a, you know, one of those, they could have just opened it up and That's gone right. inside. All right, roll up the windows, kids. <laughs> We're in Klingon territory. I, I definitely feel like they need to find out whatever it is that makes it super easy to just sit in the captain's chair and be able to do everything. Like, take some of the labels off the buttons or something. <laughs> you know, or, or biometrics, them? something. Yeah, yeah, scan the butt. Oh, yeah. whose butt is this? Oh, it's Pikes. Okay. Give him access to the ship. <laughs> this chair is cozy. I'm taking it with me. Yes. Um, so that, I just feel like it's so easy to walk onto that bridge. Security is everything. terrible. And they even make a point in that episode. Now, if I recall, well, yeah, we actually see it in use in the animated series. That bubble up at the top. It's yeah. supposed to be a security device as well. And, you know, she's just using it as like kind of a mirror while she's letting yeah. the cigarette. So it's like, yeah, can we just like make some of that stuff work? <laughs> I don't know. All right. What about you, Chuck? Seatbelts, of course. <laughs> what? We haven't had them since TOS. Like what? Every time Wait, we get fired on, people fall out of their chairs. This is a safety problem. The Kelvinverse had them. They did. They did. That's true. Uh, but we're Actually, not there, are we? Wait, wait, the motion picture. Yeah, I mean, you can the... you can clamp your legs in on the captain's chair, but it I mean... might pull your pull your hips off, but right. <laughs> You're still gonna get whiplash. I hope those inertia dampeners work. Oh. Um I think they could put some uh, safety guardrails on the holodeck a little bit more. Yeah. The, oh, the I, safety I... protocols? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, some, yeah. some if then statements. If Holodeck is attempting to kill people yeah. on Holodeck and program. 
Two officers are required to uh, disable the holodeck. It's one thing if you turn the safety <laughs> protocols off while you're surfing, per se, but not when there's weapons available. Yeah. yeah maybe also don't have it be so easy to just flip that switch like like Picard does. It's like, off, off on, off, on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like maybe Data has piece of Moriarty, too. Wouldn't that be fun? To be or not to be. He had a manifest. Maybe he took a few souvenirs with him. Maybe he's got, you know, uh, Kirk's bones and Archer's what? body. Wait, and... did Kirk or bones? Which one was it? Uh, Kirk's yeah. Kirk's bones. That's what I said. Third base. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so those are our answers about what precautions should Starfleet make to keep from repeating stupid mistakes. Come on, yeah. Gary. Wait. I know you've got something for us. There, there's going to be a new series coming out. Star Trek OSHA. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that one and you can leave us a comment over on our Facebook page or tweet us at the topic is Trek over on Twitter. And we will include those in our next episode. All right. But right now it's time to refill the dilithium chamber and to try to warp on out of here, even though we've walked into the, you know, engineering and said, I don't know what dilithium is anymore, but uh, <laughs> call back to early in the episode all right um you can find me clinton at comedy forecast all one word with the number four dot com working on right now on the big story for this year and that hopefully will be out in may no promises but it should be out at the beginning of may and who all speaks right. for you guys go ahead chuck hey you can find us by searching for technorama podcast anywhere on the internet technorama podcast where craig and i do a Geek show, news, reviews, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, every Sunday night at, what are we at? 8 p.m. Eastern now? 30. We, we, uh, 830. 8.30. 8.30. We backed it up a, an hour or so. Uh, yeah. I look forward to talking to you there. Been doing that for coming up on 18 years. Yeah. If Chuck keeps talking. It's going to be like 2.30 in the afternoon. Just <laughs> keep backing it up. Me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to hit the theme, boys. Uh, I've never seen this podcast thing before. What is this? Let's try this button. Uh-oh. Yeah. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck Craig and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on... The topic is Trek. Don't, don't, don't put on, on the red, red shirt. Shirt. And recording hailing frequencies closed. <laughs>